Hello and welcome to my podcast on project management. Today I will be talking with Jörg Gemünden. Jörg is an emeritus professor here at the Technical University of Berlin. And in fact, he was my predecessor here at the Chair for Technology and Innovation Management. He has extensive experience and done a lot of research in project management. And today we will be talking about a very well-known case, at least here in Germany and Berlin, we're talking about the new Berlin airport, which I think everyone considers justified as a major failure from a project management perspective. Now, Jörg will take a slightly different perspective. He will look at how this project impacted its mother organization. So we're turning around the perspective a little bit and looking at how projects impact their mother organization and not how mother organizations impact project management. So let's go through this very interesting case. And I think you can read this podcast as a call to action, even as the project is closing in to its final stage. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. And uh, hello, Jörg. Uh, pleasure having you here today. Yeah, thank you very much. I bring with me a nice story. That is, how does project impact uh, the business success of its mother organization? My case is the Berlin airport, and I'm looking how uh, this project, which is known worldwide, of course, and uh, what, has what, impacted. What is, excuse me, but what, what is, why is the Berlin airport project known worldwide? <laughs> well, because it was such a persistent failure. I mean, each and every country has uh, major projects that failed. A project's success is not normally distributed. About 20% of the projects would be considered as outliers, uh, but project success is power distributed. And the Berlin airport is a major escalated uh, pr uh, project, so it may be long to the 5% of worst projects, uh, but it's not so unique as we think. So, but, so I think we can all agree it can be considered a disaster, right, as, as a project. Is that, uh, uh, that what you're saying with being a 5% outlier? Well, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. <laughs> and uh, we want to analyze how big the challenge is. I want to put it in numbers and uh, what uh, we derive and when we can see in the income statements and balance how it became evident uh, that it is a business disaster. And uh, this is not so, uh, things are not so easy as we think. They are much more complicated. So when we talk about the airport being a business disaster or how the project of developing and bringing about a new airport it impacts kind of the mother organization. What do you mean by being a business disaster? How would you, how, how are you looking at that? Well, let me go uh, in, in the case. Um, I guess it's good to start uh, with, a, with the context uh, that uh, uh, when, when the Berlin Airport project was started, and um, the, 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 uh, the, the construction work began in 2006. And it, it, even in 2011, the official statement was that on the 3rd of June 2012, we will finally open the airport. The whole project was already uh, over budget and over time, but that's usual for such large projects. 
And so everybody was very confident that they could make it. But then in 2012, four weeks before the official opening, the breakdown came. And uh, uh, the years from 2012 to 2018, uh, we, uh, uh, the attempts to fix the problem by various uh, CEOs that followed one after the other was done. And today, uh, there is some confidence that we finally may be able to open uh, the airport in 2020 in October, maybe a half year later or a year. But the hope is there. And uh, we all, all, of course, want that we finally get uh, the airport. Why is the airport so important? Uh, that, is, uh, that is a question of my analysis. Why did we uh, attempt such a big project? Well, in order to understand this, we have to look at the sales figures. So from two, my period of analysis, 2005 to um, 2018, uh, the, uh, Berlin, the, Berlin, uh, society, uh, the Berlin firm, uh, which uh, is the owner of the airports Berlin-Tegel and formerly also Tempelhof and Schönefeld, uh, their passenger volume increased until 2018 by 200%. So, Jörg, uh, just, just for giving our listeners a little context, most probably know that, but we have kind of an operating firm which operates the airport in, airports in Berlin, and there are currently and two... And Brandenburg. And Brandenburg, and there are currently at least two in Berlin which are, uh, which are operating now, which are old airports. Uh, yeah, the uh, one in Tegel and the one in Schönefeld in Brandenburg. Exactly, and then we are building a new one which also is located in Schönefeld but is in a slightly different location and much larger and should substitute at least the Tegel Airport. That's true. Originally, it was thought to be only one, but since the passenger volume has doubled, uh, the, this one will not be sufficient. So Schönefeld is dedicated to become the low-cost uh, airport and uh, 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 the new airport becomes uh, the premium airport and they're already uh, constructing a second pier in order to... Um, to cope with the passenger growth. And now we're looking at the sales figures of this organization, which is kind of operating the airports. Yeah, but let me first uh, in just uh, introduce uh, some control cases that I have used. So the, the uh, Berlin airport is the third biggest one. Uh, only Munich and Frankfurt are larger. And Munich and all the airports have grown, but uh, Dusseldorf, Munich and Frankfurt and Hamburg by 160%. And uh, Frankfurt and Stuttgart only by 130%. So the growth was really extraordinary in the Berlin area. And this was, of course, a reason to be optimistic. Excuse me, are we talking about sales growth or are we talking about passenger growth? This number is passenger of pa growth. Number uh, of passenger and growth. now yeah. I compare the uh, FBB, the Flughafengesellschaft Berlin-Brandenburg, with Düsseldorf, Munich and Frankfurt alone. So the other three are control cases. Uh, the Fran Frankfurt and Munich have also expanded their operations. Düsseldorf has probably has kept constant and is a bit smaller than Berlin. But all three have large sales grosses. Again, uh, uh, FBB is uh, the leader with nearly 200%. That's substantial. Yeah, that's a, that's a big figure. Uh, but Frankfurt, uh, despite the fact that its sales uh, passenger volume did not grow so much, has 166%, Munich 179%. And these two international airports, these hubs, they are not only quantity growers, they're also value growers. Mm. 
and Düsseldorf has only 133%. So it's more a regional airport, which has uh, the Ruhrgebiet uh, and Nordrhein-Westfalen behind. So it's also very important. Now, given this scenario, we, uh, we expect, of course, a very good development of its income statement of the FBB. And that's uh, what the reports, the official statements in the annual reports say. So the three executives, top executives of the Berlin Airport write in their introduction, the air traffic location of the capital region is continuing to develop very dynamically. Therefore, the airport company can look back at a successful fiscal year 2018 with substantial growth in the core business, the operative results, the EBIT after before interest and depreciation of the billion airports achieved a new record value in with 118.7 million. So even now, uh, the uh, officials uh, postulate a very good success. I mean, they have achieved a substantial increase in passengers, yes. which has translated somehow to an increase in sales, right? Yes. So, uh, but then I think you are kind of pointing towards that their profit may not be as as uh, as satisfying as they claim. Is that that the case? Or? Exactly. That is uh, that is what we have to look at, and now we look at the figures of the income statements, and these figures tell us a completely different story. And it's a scary story. Uh, we keep it simple uh, so that everybody can follow. I mean, it's a teaching case for our students of Wirtschaftsingenieur. And uh, I simply subtract from the sales revenue the major expenses, that is the cost of materials, the personal expenses, other operating expenses, the depreciation on intangible and tangible assets, and the interest and similar expenses. Interest and similar expenses. So our finding is uh, that our key metrics um, in the first period, 2006-2008, uh, there is no profit. There's a loss. And even in that early stage, uh, the losses cumulate, accumulate over 450 million. And this is not... Uh, and we will look at the causes of this loss. But in the second period, after the breakdown of the project, from 2012 to 2018, additional 1,200 million loss were realized. So overall, we have, an, we have a loss of 1,600 million before taxes yeah, in, in our core business. So we're talking about, just to get the numbers right, we're talking about 1.6 billion euro yeah, loss accumulated yes, over, over the, the period of the project. Yes, yes, and that's in, a lot. In profits. Or, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. And you can also look at the accumulated deficit in the balance sheet. And this is uh, 992 millions, so uh, nearly a billion. It is a bit lower because you can use uh, some instruments to make it look nicer. Yeah. But still, uh, the capital that has been paid in for equity is about two billions, and you have already lost one billion. Overall, uh, the the two three owners um, have signed for eleven billions. So, but it means uh, that in the future they may have to pay more. So, so, so you say we are under pressure with respect to profits. I think that is safe to say. I I, I understand. Yes. Yeah. We are under big pressure. 
And the story is very different from what the officials say. Well, uh, how does that come? First, if you look at the expenses side, in order to finance the huge cost overruns of the BER, and uh, because of the delay, we have additional expenses. Uh, the FBB took substantial new loans. And the interest, the interest, the amount you have to pay for interest, that uh, increased by a factor of 500. In 2005 to 2007, we had about 2 million euros per year. Now it's each, as interest payments. As in, now it's each year 100 million. So and so, you cannot neglect this <laughs> because uh, uh, it's a large amount. And so, with this, if you subtract this, then you're down to zero. On the other hand, you cannot neglect the depreciations because an airport needs this infrastructure; otherwise, it cannot operate. And this is uh, another 100 million. And uh, the depreciation rate is quite normal. It's about 17% of the total uh, total assets uh, of the total of the total revenues of the revenues sales revenues. And uh, this is uh, comparable to the other airports. Uh, but we have to say that the new airport has not yet had considerable depreciation. It's only the depreciation from the existing airports. So we can expect in, in future periods that profit will come under further pressure because as we construct new assets, as we construct a whole new airport, depreciation for these assets will, will also come into the statement, right? We'll, yes, we'll... yes. So this year and next year, we will surely make losses because uh, the new airport will not open before October 2020. And the more it uh, is further delayed, half a year or a year, we will have uh, another 200 millions uh, that we lose just in the operations. Now, uh, if you compare these losses with accumulated profits that the other airports made, Dusseldorf has gained 412 millions, Munich 900 millions, and Frankfurt Two billions and nine hundred millions. We are talking profits now. Yeah, profits. Yeah, <laughs> and so the difference between Frankfurt, where uh, the Berlin Key people perhaps want to go, and Berlin, that's we are talking about a difference in twenty twenty, which would be f at least four billions. Yeah, and I think uh, you must be able to make such a difference. <laughs> that can be called. Uh, a variant, a kind of mismanagement. And the differences are very dramatic. And we have to say that the FBB plays in a completely... No, the FBB has 1.6 billion operational losses currently, and Frankfurt 2.9 billion. That's already 4.5 billion difference. But the difference will increase within the next two years for over 5 billion. Yeah. So Frankfurt and Munich, and all, but also Dusseldorf, play in a very different league. Maybe Frankfurt and Munich play Champions League, Düsseldorf plays Bundesliga, and Berlin, not second Bundesliga, but region third Bundesliga. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but many would argue, many would argue that that, uh, that was the main reason why the whole project started, because uh, you need investment to move from Landesliga to Champions League. Uh, but is, and, and I think your argument is a little bit around, is that investment justified? Is that, is that true? Uh, 
no, I I agree uh, that the uh, that the project case, business case is was valid and is valid. And uh, I want to give you a further argument for this. The, uh, if you look at the sales revenues per passengers, then FBB currently gains only 11 euros, Düsseldorf 20 euros, Munich 30 euros, and Frankfurt 40 euros. So the value, the, big, the losses in the past, they come from the low income. So what you can do, these... Uh, uh, these um, uh, this income is regulated. We can uh, change the regulation uh, right now, as soon as possible, in order to give uh, Schönefeld and Tegelfeld a better earning situation. That would be good also in terms of environmental reasons. And we are near the capacity limit, so we cannot transport more. And uh, we have more and more cows. And, and So just, just to reiterate, so the... The income of the Berlin airports per passenger is significantly lower compared to the other airports. Yes. And that is mainly driven by the fees the airlines pay per passenger or, or for their yeah, flights. Yeah, per passenger. Or, or and when you, start, yeah. when, you, when you want to land on the airport, there's a complex yeah. system of regulations, of regulated prices. And I just took the prices for the passengers. And uh, so the prices that Berlin can take... Uh, is uh, 8 euros per passenger. Dusseldorf can take 13.5, Munich 20, and Frankfurt 20. But Frankfurt has a lot of freight, 2 billion tons. Munich has 400 tons, Dusseldorf 75, and Berlin only 44. So Berlin is also a much smaller freight harbor. So you have to subtract this in order to understand the differences. And since Leipzig is uh, the freight har har airport nearby, Berlin cannot go into the freight business. And I guess there's also not such a demand. Should concentrate on the passengers. Mm -hmm. And uh, but uh, the low fees for the airports in Berlin, Brandenburg, were of course uh, politically motivated. Before the fall of the wall, Berlin was isolated and supply by air was of utmost importance. And after the reunification, low fees were helpful to support uh, the uh, economic development of, uh, the, of Berlin and Brandenburg. But now they are not satisfied anymore. It is not fair for the other citizens who do not fly. It's not adequate uh, because of the negative impacts on climate. And it's also, we also have to consider if it is uh, fair, considering the fair competition. Yeah, does it make sense? Should the airports not get much more, their business, uh, business firms, much more freedom uh, to take uh, other fees? Yeah. So, so the, I think according are, to their cost situation. Yeah, I, th I think what you're trying, what you're doing is you, you, you make an argument that it would be reasonable to, to raise the fees. Yeah. Uh, yes, and that that would have many positive effects. Amongst those, it would also increase uh, revenues of the airport. Yes, yes. So, and uh, this would allow them to get more liabilities, uh, which they would need to overcome the very critical period of the next two three years, and uh, because uh, things like that. Now, uh, I would now go to analyze the situation regarding assets, equity, and liabilities. Is that okay? Yeah, sure, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Now, if you look at the balance sheet, uh, then uh, we uh, the situation, what happened in the Berlin airport, um, becomes um, much more visible. 
Uh, in the period 2005 to 11, the main building phase, the total assets increased by 400 percent, and the tangible assets increased even stronger. That means 433. 430, 30%. So that is normal because we build, yeah, and the assets, the value of the new uh, assets which are not yet used are stored in the balance sheet, yeah, that's okay. And how is that financed? Well, um, it was such a huge amount of money that the shareholder equity increased, uh, de uh, increase. also it does increase its uh, share of the total assets went down from 48 to 33 percent and uh, because the liabilities um, increased by 540 percent and their share goes up. And that's, excuse me, that, that's basically the loans the firm has to take for yeah. financing all the construction work, for yeah. building all the assets, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's, the, that, that's the effect in the balance sheet. Yes, yes. yes. The liabilities go up from 40 to 58 percent. So if you would make a rating a very bad profit situation and an increasing liability rating would of course decrease it's until 2006 uh, it was still acceptable but um, uh, uh, what uh, happens uh, after the project breakdown in the next in the second period where the persistent failure and the attempts to fix were all not yet successfully. I hope that the current uh, CEO will make it better and will be ha will be lucky. So uh, uh, we have now a high level of assets of total assets, but they uh, increase by another one hundred and seventy eight percent, and uh, which con corresponds to the tangible assets by one hundred and seventy two percent. And uh, the liabilities increased higher, so that means the share of equity, which was already lower, goes down from 32 to 22%, and the share of liabilities increases further from 58 to 71%. Uh, the other airports, just as a comparison, Dusseldorf has only a 10% uh, increase of tangible total assets, and it has... Uh, uh, lowered uh, the interest uh, from 10% to 3% of the of the revenues and this airport is stable and dynamic and it's very stable and in a financially very solid solution would get a very good rating it's uh, not uh, really impressive but it's solid and everybody would give it a loan the munich uh, has also expanded uh, with a second terminal and so uh, and there um, total assets are 5.4 billions. That's about the same amount of assets we now have in Berlin, but with a much higher profitability. Uh, and um, the share, but Munich has consolidated. The financial situation between Munich and Berlin is, shows a striking difference. Shareholder equity increased in Munich, on, in Munich uh, by six, nearly 700%. And the equity uh, share and the equity share at the total assets increased from 10 to 41 percent, yeah? mm -hmm. and consequently uh, uh, the liabilities went down and from six, some 70 to 50 percent, and the interest they have to pay also decreased. So Munich is a very profitable airport that has consolidated its last investment, has reinvested all its profits, mm 
and so is now ready for further expansion. Munich could be a strategic investor in Berlin. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> also Frankfurt. Yeah. Frankfurt has dramatically increased. So the total assets have gone up from four to 11.5 billion, so much more. And uh, their equity, uh, shareholder equity went down from 55 to 38. And liabilities increased from 32 to 57 um, total assets. And but Frankfurt can afford this high debt because of its very high profitability. But it's uh, in a more risky situation than Munich. But it's also more fun, much more fun for the investors. So maybe if Frankfurt could also become a strategic investor in Berlin, also. And if you compare now this uh, situation of the three competitors, then you really see that the FBB is in a very difficult situation. Yeah. You need the control cases to understand the whole story, the whole truth. And um, uh, they have expanded uh, step by step and were one project building on the others. And Berlin wanted too many things at once, did not only one step, which was well planned, implemented, exploited before the next step was done. Rather, they already wanted to do the second step during the project execution, and that caused uh, the disaster. So you could say profit-wise, it's not a good case. If you look at analysis of the balance sheet, uh, it's also not a good case. And in fact, it's overall a deteriorating case. You could say it's getting worse, not better. Yeah. Uh, and it's much worse compared to benchmarking cases, for example, Munich or Frankfurt or Dusseldorf. Uh, and so that's the status now. And I and if I understand your your analysis correct, there, it, it's also going to be challenging in the future. Even if the if the new airport comes into operation, hopefully soon, this does not necessarily mean that things turn better, because we have the problem of great liabilities and too low fees, so hence the, the revenue increase is not substantial enough for, for substantiated profit increase. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, the, the real situation is even worse than I just reported. Uh, Berlin has uh, all the investments of the past, uh, the, the refixing of the arrows and the costs of delay, they were all activated, they are all activated in the balance sheet. So we have uh, maybe three or four billions for the for the Berlin airport, for the new Berlin airport. But what is the real value? If you would rebuild it, it may cost uh, maybe two billions or three, so much less. One or two mil billions you would have to depreciate as an extraordinary depreciation. And if you would look at the value derived from the profitability of the future BER, uh, then... Uh, we still have the depreciation, which the additional depreciation, which we had to cover. And maybe that uh, with the BER, you can get higher, uh, higher fees. So maybe the revenue increases on a, by 50%. And then the new revenues will not be 400 million, but maybe 500 or even up to 550 millions. But you still will not make profit. Because you have these extraordinarily high depreciations. Yeah, so, you have yeah. the ordinal, the normal depreciations. That's a hundred million mm -hmm. per year, and that will accumulate in five years to five hundred million or to one billion in ten years. Mm -hmm. And who will who will cover this? 
And if you make an extraordinary uh, depreciation of a billion or even two billions, then you have a problem with two billions for the next two years, ten years, and you need to cope with that. And then there so is potential risk at stake. So uh, the impact of the delayed project are much higher. So the bad end is still to come. That is the story. And now, uh, what um, what can we do? Let me, before we go to what can we do, I let me just reiterate, the bad end is still to come, right? Yeah. I think that's an important message here. And it's not just uh, gauging what will happen in the future. It's based on an analysis of the published figures of, of the airport. Yeah. Yeah, so so it's going to be difficult. Even if we now hope to see the end of the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel, yeah, mm. when the dark, when the night is darkest, dawn is coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Even if dawn will come, yeah, yeah it, it, it will be, be a thunderstorm yeah. and not a sunny, sunny weather. So to conclude, Liz, this this episode here, what do you think are are adequate measures? What what needs to be done? Uh, I mean, we can we can hide and try to forget, but that's not not a good strategy. I think. Well, what what could be uh, what could be adequate measures to be applied? Okay, I think first of all, the sales revenues uh, needs to be improved. So we should allow to increase the fees as soon as possible already for Schönefeld and Berlin. That would also pave the ground for higher fees in uh, in in. Uh, in the new BER airport because the airlines and the customers will not like it. So the politicians have to be strong. And second, the owners of the Berlin airport, so uh, the federal states of Brandenburg and Berlin and the German uh, and the German state, they have to pay in for the cash. Uh, and uh, they have signed 11 billions and they must stay to their duties. And then I think that uh, this German state, we, yesterday we had uh, announced that the German state now gives loans for 30 years without any interest. So the German state could grant a cheap loan to the Berlin airport, maybe for free, for the next 10 years, yes, or next 15 years, in order to grant the survival. And this would take away the 100 million interest payment. And... Um, Of course, uh, all these things have to are highly political. You have competing airlines, not only in Germany, but also in Heathrow and elsewhere. And even if the Brexit comes, <laughs> uh, the French will not probably not like it that a new international hub may come. So we have to, the high-ranked German politicians have to uh, ask for further support uh, with other European politicians. And... Um, Then when we sell the Tegel Airport, this is my fifth measure, then the FBB should get an extraordinary profit and uh, Berlin will have to pay that for its citizens you know, in order that, it, uh, that the airport society can survive. And finally, we should look for investors. This may be uh, the other airports, but it may be also a firm like Hochtief, uh, which very successfully... Ran, uh, in uh, build up the airport in Tirana in Albania that was a doctoral dissertation here at TU Berlin mm -hmm. and they did, they did it step by step and so these um, these are the measures I see and of course uh, with my analysis I can only see uh, what has happened the traces and that the big end is maybe still to come if we don't take countermeasures 
And if you do a turnaround, there is a law that you should do it as soon as possible. Before the elections here in Brandenburg, we should tell the people the truth, blood, sweat and tears, and tell them what that we are decided to support our airport. That's my opinion. Thank you very much, uh, Hans-Georg. It's, uh, it's a pleasure, and I, I read this here as a call to action yeah. based on good data and an interesting story on how a major project affects uh, its mother organization. So it's kind of turning around our perspective, uh, uh, looking at how projects affect our organization, not the other way around. Yeah, so. uh, thank you very much, and I hope that uh, I get imitators who analyze the impact of the Stuttgart 21 project on the German railways. <laughs> Uh, and other things or the impact of Heathrow Terminal 5 on the Heathrow Airport, which was a more positive example. And so uh, we get a feeling uh, what difference a project makes. Thank you very much.